0: Once again, a book I've actually not read, Uh, Dracula by Bram Stoker, 3rd of May, left Munich at 8.35pm on the 1st of May, arriving at Vienna early next morning, should have arrived at 6.46, but train was an hour late. Budapest seems a wonderful place, from the glimpse which I got of from the train, and the little I could walk through the streets. I feared to go very far from the station, as we had arrived late and would start as near the correct time as possible. The impression I had was that we were leaving the west and entering the east, the most western of splendid bridges over the Dunob, which is here of noble width and depth. That's among the traditions of Turkish rule. We lived in pretty good time and came after nightfall to Klosterberg. Here I stopped for the night at the Hotel Royale. I had for dinner, or rather supper, a chicken done up some way with red pepper, which was very good but thirsty. Memo, get recipe for Mina. I asked the waiter, and he said it was called Paprika Handel and that, as it was, a national dish. I should be able to get it anywhere along with the Carpathians. I found my smattering of German very useful here indeed. I don't know how I should be able to get on without it. Having had some time at my disposal when in London, I had visited British museum, and made a search among the books and maps in the library regarding Transylvania. It struck me that some foreknowledge of the country could hardly fail to have some importance in dealing with the nobleman of that country. I find that the district he named is in the extreme east of the country, just on the borders of three states, Transylvania, Moldavia and bukovina in the midst of the Carpathian Mountains, one of the wildest and least known portions of Europe. I was not able to light on any map or work, giving the exact locality of Castle Dracula, as there are no maps of this country as yet to compare with our own Ordnance Survey maps, but I found that Bistris, the post-town name by Count Dracula, is a fairly well-known place. I shall enter here some of my notes, as they may refresh my memory when I talk over my travels with Mina. In the population of Transylvania, there are four distinct nationalities. Saxons in the south, and mixed with them, Wallach, who are the descendants of the Dacians, Magyars in the west, and Scelsies in the east and north. Also, to anyone who can actually speak German or has read Dracula several times, please don't come at me for my pronunciation. I'm going among the latter, who claim to be descended from Matilda and the Huns. This may be so, for when the Magyars conquered the country in the 11th century, they found the Huns settled in it. I read that every known superstition in the world is gathered into the horseshoe of the Carpathians, as if it were the centre of some sort of imaginative whirlpool. If so, my stay may be very interesting. Then I am asked the Count about all of them. I did not sleep well, though my bed was comfortable enough, for I had all sorts of queer dreams. There was a dog howling all night under my window, which may have had something to do with it, or it may have been the paprika, for I had to drink up all the water in my carafe and was still thirsty. Towards morning I slept and was wakened by the continuous knocking at my door, so I guess I must have been sleeping soundly then. I had for breakfast more paprika, a sort of porridge of maize flour, which they say was mam- mamaliga, an eggplant stuffed with forcemeat, a very excellent dish which they call Implatata, Memma, my get recipe for this also. I had to hurry breakfast, for the train started a little before 8. Or rather, it ought to have done so. For after rushing to the station at 730 I had to sit in the carriage for more than an hour before we began to move. It seems to me that the further east you go, the more unpunctual are the trains. What ought they to be in China? All day long we seemed to travel through a country which was full of beauty of every kind. Sometimes we saw little towns or castles on top of steep hills, that, such as we see in old missiles. Sometimes we ran by rivers and streams, which seemed, from the wide, stony margin on each side of them, to be subject to great floods. It takes a lot of water and running strong to sweep the outside edge of a river clear. At every station there were groups of people, sometimes crowds, and in all sorts of attire. Some of them were just like the peasants at home, although you I saw coming through France and Germany with short jackets and round hats and homemade trousers. But others were very picturesque. The women looked pretty, except when you got near them. But they were very clumsy about the waist. They had all full white sleeves of some kind or another, and most of them had big belts with a lot of stripes or something fluttering from them like the dresses in a ballet. But of course there were petticoats under them. The strangest figures we saw were the Slovaks. They were more barbarian than the rest with their big cowboy hats, great baggy, dirty white trousers, white linen shirts and enormous heavy leather belts, nearly a foot wide, all studded over with brass nails. They wore high boots with their trousers tucked into them and had long black hair and heavy black moustaches. They are very picturesque but do not look prepossessing. On the stage, they would be set down at once as some old oriental band of brigands. They are, however, I am told, very harmless and rather wanting in natural self-assertion. It was on the dark side of twilight when we got to the Bistrix, which is a very interesting old place. Being practically on the frontier, for the Borgo Pass leads from an it into had, It has had a very stormy existence and it certainly shows marks of it. Fifty years ago, a series of great fires took place which made terrible havoc on five separate occasions. At the very beginning of the 17th century, it underwent a siege of three weeks and lost 13,000 people, the casualties of war proper being assisted by famine and disease. Count Dracula had directed me to go to the Golden Crone Hotel, which I found to my great delight to be thoroughly old-fashioned of course I wanted to see all I could of the ways of the country. I was evidently expected, for when I got at the door, I faced a cheerful-looking elderly woman in the usual peasant dress, white undergarment with long double-apron front and back, of coloured stuff fitting almost too tight for the modesty. When I came close, she bowed and said, "'You're yeah, Englishman?' "'Yes,' I said, "'Jonathan Harker.' She smiled and gave me some message to an elderly man in white shirt-sleeves who had followed her to the door. He went, but immediately returned with a letter. My friend, welcome to the Carpathians. I am anxiously expecting you. Sleep well tonight. At three tomorrow, the diligence will start for Bukovina. A place on it is kept to you at the Borgo Pass. My carriage will await you and will bring you to me. I trust that your journey from London has been a happy one and that you will enjoy your stay in my beautiful land. Your friend Dracula. Fourth of May. I found that my landlord had got a letter from the Count directing him to secure the best place on the coach for me. On making inquiries as to details, he seemed somewhat reticent and pretended that he could not understand my German. This could not be true, because up to then he had understood it perfectly. At least he answered my questions exactly as if he did. He and his wife, the old lady who had received me, looked at each other in a frightened sort of way. He mumbled out that the money had been sent in a letter, and that was all he knew. When I asked him if he knew Count Dracula, and could tell me anything of his castle, both he and his wife crossed themselves and, the saying that they knew nothing at all, simply refused to speak further. It was so near the time of starting that I had no time to ask anyone else. for It was all very mysterious and not by any means comforting. Just before I was leaving, the old lady came up to my room and said in a very hysterical way, "'Must you go? Oh, young hare, must you go?' She was in such an excited state that she seemed to have lost her grip of what German she knew, and mixed it all up with some other language which I did not know at all. I was just able to follow her by asking many questions. When I told her that I must go at once and that I was engaged on important business, she asked again, "'Do you know what day it is?' I answered that it was the 4th of May.' She shook her head and she said again, Oh, yes, I know that, I know that, but do you know what day it is? On my saying I did not understand, she went on, It is the eve of St. George's Day. Do you not know that tonight, when the clock strikes midnight, all the evil things in the world will have full sway? Do you know where you are going and what you are going to do? She was in such evident distress that I tried to come for her, but without effect. Finally, she went down on her knees and implored me not to go, at least to wait a day or two before starting. It was all feeling ridiculous, but I did not feel comfortable. However, there was business to be done, and I could allow nothing to interfere with it. I therefore tried to rise her up and said, as gravely as I could, that I thanked her, but my duty was imperative and that I must go. She then rose and dried her eyes, and taking a crucifix from her neck, offered it to me. I did not know what to do, for as an English churchman, I have been taught to regard such things as in some measure of adulterous. And yet, it seems so ungracious to refuse an old lady meeting so well, and in such a state of mind. She saw, I suppose, the doubt in my face, for she put the rosary around my neck and said, For your mother's sake, and went out of the room. I am writing up this part of diary whilst I am waiting for the coach, which is of course late. And the crucifix is still around my neck. Whether it's the old lady's fear, or the many ghostly traditions at this place, or the crucifix itself, I do not know. But I am not feeling nearly as easy in my mind as usual. If this book should ever reach me before I do, let it bring my goodbye. Here comes the coach.